Are you on the RCR mailing list? Never miss a beat of the news and hard-hitting stories you've come to know and love. Stay in the loop. Visit realitycheck.radio forward slash email. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio. All right, it's Tuesday morning and it's time to talk with Tim Wilms from the unshackled.net in Melbourne. The final chat with Tim before the uh, end of the year. He'll be back, though, uh, in 2024. Tim, good to have you back and uh, thanks for your contribution here on RCR Breakfast Show, beaming in from Melbourne. Uh, I think we've done it many times already and you really keep us abreast of what's happening in the lucky country. So thank you for that. And thanks for coming back one more time before we wind up the year. Oh, thank you, Paul. It's been my pleasure to keep you all updated, though it seems from where I am here in Victoria that New Zealand is now becoming the the lucky country. Uh, your new government is very impressive. In fact, I know that uh, your, your your new coalition government is doing well when uh, CNN uh, releases an article talking about uh, how it's uh, anti-Maori and rolling back health and smoking uh, reforms. So... Yeah, they probably didn't put too much detail into those stories because there's quite a bit behind that. But But that's how you know you made it when CNN are talking about about you. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, and I also should say to your RCR listeners a a merry Christmas. Though the city of uh, Stonington in inner Melbourne, they've been putting up uh, signs uh, that uh, say "Make Merry." As obviously, so they're avoiding the Christmas word. Yes. Though locals have been adding the word Christmas uh, to those <laughs> posters there. Yeah. And there is also a shopping plaza in Werribee, which is in outer western Melbourne, uh, very multicultural. They had in their shopping centres Merry Everything, and now they've changed it to Merry Christmas after a backlash. So nobody uh, has Happy Holidays anymore because that <laughs> everyone knows by now that if you say Happy Holidays, you're avoiding uh, saying Merry Christmas because you imaginarily uh, think you might offend somebody. Well, you can't appropriate where it comes from, can you, to something else, just for the convenience of retail sales bonanza and an orgy of consumerism. It's not going to fly. Well, another removing Christmas, another popular uh, generic one is Season's Greetings. Yeah. um, Okay. All right, so they um sort of uh, secularizing Christmas big time and 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 though I think the those launching the the war on Christmas they're very much in the the minority. I mean they try this uh, guerrilla warfare every year, uh, but everyone whether they're Christian, atheist or another religion loves Christmas. Uh, everyone flocks to we've got in Melbourne uh, the Maya Christmas windows. It's got a bluey uh, theme this year. Australia's right. most popular children's show. Yeah, okay. uh, so you, you can't cancel Christmas. It's just it's not going to happen. All right. So a few things to get through. Um, bad weather up in northern Queensland and Crocs in the water. What's all that about? Yes, yeah, Cyclone Jasper. Uh, so the Cairns Airport has flooded, uh, which is certainly alarming if there needs to be emergency supplies brought up there. And yes, it broke this morning that uh, there were crocodiles spotted uh, swimming in the the flood water. Uh, So 
I assume that the local member up there, the member for Kennedy, Bob Catter, the father of the house, he's Australia's other crocodile hunter, uh, will be on a helicopter with his with his rifle ready to take out any uh, crocodiles there because he, he said back in 2017, uh, when he was asked about same-sex marriage, he said, I ain't spending any time on it because we've got a a person uh, torn to pieces by a crocodile every three months here in North Queensland. So okay. it's, a, it's a real problem up there in the north, uh, those crocodiles. But uh, all jokes aside, it is a very temperamental, uh, volatile situation there. We hope that everyone is able to be safe uh, able to evacuate and have the supplies that they they need. And uh, the political cyclone uh, down south in the capital, Brisbane, has uh, now resolved. It wasn't a good look uh, for the Queensland Labor government to be embroiled in a leadership contest uh, while in the north of the state, residents there uh, were having their property and potentially lives threatened. Uh, so it's been resolved now. Stephen Miles, who was the Deputy Premier, Dr. Stephen Miles, PhD in trade unionism, it wasn't a leadership contest. There was a a stitch-up behind uh, closed doors uh, with the Health and Women's Minister, Shannon Fentiman, uh, with, withdrawing. And so uh, Stephen Miles was uh, sworn in on Friday. Uh, Cameron Dick, uh, the Treasurer, is the new Deputy Premier, uh, who is the brother of the Speaker of the House of Representatives at the Federal Parliament, Milton Dick. And Stephen Miles, one of his first policy announcement was that he would have a 75% emissions reduction uh, target. Oh, uh, yeah, right. Bullshit. <laughs> yes. Uh, th- this was uh, by... Another virtue signal right there. By 2035, yeah, and uh, he got a, a tweet of approval from Al Gore. Uh, so that must have <laughs> oh, that scammer made, made him uh, g- gush uh, with it with excitement. We've had our federal energy minister Chris Bowen over in uh, Dubai, and he's so used to doing it seems a welcome to country wherever he goes that he did one in Dubai, forgetting that it wasn't in Australia where obviously our uh, Aboriginal people are. And so he just, it was it was like he was on autopilot there. Yeah, just saying the lines, eh? Yeah. Okay, well, I guess he got a thrill from, from being, what, retweeted or, or commented on by Al Gore. Um, Palaszczuk went quickly. Last time we talked a week ago, it seemed like that was still a, a bit of a ways off, but here we are now. Well, they they, they made the, the transition of power. When I say they, the, the trade unions, who they are the, the, the group uh, that uh, really control uh, Queensland, the, the, the faceless men, uh, they uh, tapped her on the shoulder and got her to quit and uh, Stephen Miles very close uh, to uh, the union movement. I just mentioned he did his PhD in yep. trade uh, unionism. He denied uh, that uh, he plotted against Anastasia Palaszczuk and did a deal with uh, the unions to have himself as as premier. He certainly got his uh, work cut out for him in th- for the election in October next year. Now he does have the the reputation in the Queensland Parliament of being the attack dog, the head kicker. Uh, so a lot of people were wondering, would he be like a Dan Andrews uh, style 
uh, premier. Uh, though at his first press conference, it, it was very underwhelming. He 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 looked very out of his depth and uh, didn't really handle the press pack well. Quite a baptism of fire there. Uh, certainly, I think the attack dog uh, was uh, quite a whimpering. Okay, well, watch out for crocs in the water, I suppose, is a good advice to him. Oh, well, there's a lot of uh, pl- <laughs> yeah, uh, crocs in, uh, around the, the parliament, ready to snap and uh, tear apart uh, leaders and politicians. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, on to economics. Two sets, I think, of, uh, of announcements, uh, federal and Victoria government. And the, the Fed's looking okay, but not so good in... Victoria, have I got that correct? Yes. Uh, so last week, uh, the uh, Federal Treasurer, Jim Chalmers, delivered MIEFO, uh, which is an acronym for the Mid-Year Economic and Fiscal Outlook. It's an acronym that rolls off the, the tongue. Obviously, we're in a cost of living a crisis here. Uh, so sadly, there'll be a, a lot of families who won't be able to afford as many presents for their their children, nieces and nephews, grandchildren as they might like. And there's been uh, less uh, donations to various charities. Uh, But the federal government posted in the 2022-23 financial year a $22 billion surplus. Uh, Though Jim Chalmers tried to play down expectations that uh, the back-in-black uh, for the federal budget was permanent, saying we're still projecting deficits. Although uh, good news he delivered is that the there'll be a much smaller deficit this financial year, $1.1 billion, though everyone is predicting that it'll be a second surplus. And so he is going to come in the May budget and say, surprise, we've got another surplus. And so a lot of that is due to strong uh, commodity prices, uh, which... Obviously, uh, there are a lot in uh, the Labor Party who uh, don't like all of those uh, minerals that are dug out of the ground and make both the West Australian uh, government and uh, the federal government a lot of revenue. And also another uh, revenue area is uh, the 15% increase in passport fees. Uh, so. Okay. Yeah, there wouldn't be good budget news without uh, a few extra uh, fees and uh, being slumped from the Australian people. Yeah, well, if there's that sort of surplus during a cost of living crisis, you could argue that that people are being taxed way too much. Um, but that's another story. Okay, what about in Victoria though? It's the other, completely the other way around, isn't it? Oh yes, uh, things are getting much, much worse. So our state treasurer Tim Pallas uh, from the the far left socialist left of the party, like uh, the former premier Dan Andrews. Uh, so our uh, fiscal situation is worse. Uh, so the projections of net debt uh, have uh, increased by twenty twenty seven. Our net debt will soar to 178 billion. That's an increase of 6.4 billion more than was uh, predicted uh, six months ago. Uh, so uh, for the next uh, financial year, it's going to be 135 billion. Though uh, Tim Pallas is promising a re- return to surplus sometime uh, soon. Oh yeah, and <laughs> a lot of this 
increase in net debt is due to the increase in interest payments uh, because of the the rise in interest rates. When when your debt's increasing uh, because the interest bills increase, you're in real trouble there. So that was one set of bad news that was delivered last last Friday. Friday is when a lot of governments take out the trash. Earlier that morning at a press conference, uh, the Premier Jacinta Allen and uh, the new uh, Transport Infrastructure Minister, Danny Pearson, announced that uh, the North East Link motorway, which is uh, going to link the Eastern Freeway with the Metropolitan Ring Road, which will make it so that there's a second way uh, for uh, people such as myself who live in the the southeast to get to the airport without going through the city, that was originally uh, budgeted at ten billion uh, six years ago. Then it increased uh, to sixteen billion. Now it's uh, it's blown out to twenty six billion. And this is Crikey. a kilometer motorway. Uh, how, how long? Ten kilometers. Ten k's. Twenty six billion. Now, a lot of this is because the size of the tunnels have been increased because it goes through uh, wetlands and open green spaces. So a lot of locals complained that they'd lose green recreational areas and worried about the noise. And so changing the scope of the project, particularly increasing the size of the tunnel, uh, significantly blew out the cost as also the materials and labour shortages, uh, because this is the most expensive time to build, or you'd call it the Andrews Allen government's other uh, signature uh, motorway, uh, the Westgate Tunnel. This is only four kilometres. This is three years late. uh, So it's supposed to be open last year. Originally only supposed to cost uh, $5.5 billion. Now it is uh, going to be costing $10 billion. Uh, this wow. This, this is astronomical. And um, this is a, yeah, there was a two-year delay because toxic soil uh, was uh, discovered. And this was uh, the tunnel that uh, the Andrews government promised it would build uh, since they cancelled uh, the East-West Link when they came to government, spent $1.1 billion not to build uh, a road, tearing up the contracts. Uh, <laughs> that seems like small change now compared to these uh, cost blowouts here. And we don't know whether the, this tunnel, uh, which is supposedly going to take trucks off the, the inner city uh, near the, the port of Melbourne, will actually lead to any less congestion because it just dumps traffic onto the Westgate Freeway after the Westgate Bridge. Uh, because we've just had this interchange open up in Sydney called the Roselle Interchange, uh, the last part of uh, West Connects that cost uh, the New South Wales taxpayer over $20 billion. Uh, so <laughs> a, a, the reason I call them motorways is because they're all toll roads. So you yep. double, basically double charge for them. Uh, so the Roselle Interchange in Sydney has actually made local traffic worse. Uh, so oh, great. For all that money. Know, yeah, yep. we don't even know whether this Westgate Tunnel, when it opens, will actually... Add, bus congestion. The only big build infrastructure project in Victoria that is actually opening early is the Metro train tunnel, which 
is going to allow uh, more trains to to run through the the CBD. Uh, so this is a, a welcome project, though it still went over budget from a originally budgeted eleven billion, but now it's blown out to close to fourteen billion. But at least that's going to be opening two years early. I hopefully. Next year, they finish the tunnel and uh, are testing the trains. Uh, though the Allen government, a couple of days ago, I've spoken before about uh, the suburban rail loop, which uh, Dan Andrews unveiled in uh, 2018. Uh, so this was uh, for a 90-kilometre underground rail uh, tunnel beginning in Cheltenham in the southeast, then going all around outer suburban Melbourne, going uh, past Melbourne Airport down to Werribee in the outer west. Uh, so that is at least going to cost in total $125 billion. And I don't know if I'll be alive if it, <laughs> if it is ever completed. Uh, though they, for some reason, they've prioritised the suburban rail loop eastern section from uh, Cheltenham to Box Hill. That's going to cost $35 billion. And uh, the business case basically is to, well, to make sure that uh, there's a return on investment, set up these 15-minute cities all around uh, these suburban rail loop stations. This I mentioned to this previously. And so... Uh, there's going to be uh, high rises and other, well, they're called, what is that? Uh, uh, National Economic Industry uh, Centres. But everyone's saying, why are they starting in the, the east when they should start in the west, uh, which is where a lot of trains need to be upgraded. Uh, they push the Melbourne Airport rail link out to the the never never even though they secured uh 5 billion of federal government funding for it there's only been around uh 2.3 billion from the federal government so far that has been pledged to the suburban rail loop east and Jacinta Allen signed the first tunneling contract uh for 3.6 billion this is just a tunnel from Cheltenham to Glen Waverley so not all the way to uh, Box Hill. So tunnel boring machines will be in the ground from 2026. The first part is scheduled to open in 2035. And so I'll be 46 by... by Good by, luck with that. Uh, you won't be allowed to even probably travel more than a few k's from your home by that point anyway. So, uh, Well, we had a... Uh, obviously, these uh, fifteen-minute cities. Well, they're called twenty-minute neighbourhoods. That's yeah. what Melbourne yeah. calls it. If there is a, another lockdown, makes it quite easy uh, for governments to keep you in a five-kilometre radius. And uh, Dan Andrews, uh, when he uh, locked us down uh, for the best part of uh, two years, he always claimed that he was uh, following the the health advice. It wasn't. Oh, they always claim that. Mate. They, they always popularity. Claim that. Although yep. the Australian newspaper, uh, through Freedom of uh, Information, uh, managed to get their hands on a documents that revealed that uh, the Andrews government was profiling uh, Victorians based on their views and uh, support uh, for uh, the lockdown. So there was five different categories which they used to put uh, Victorians in, into based on their support for lockdowns. One was strongly support and follow restrictions. Two was support and try to follow restrictions. Three was we don't need restrictions anymore. Four was trust their own judgment. And five were restrictions are illegitimate and changed the roadmaps and the restrictions based on how many Victorians were moving into 
each group. Uh, so, so purely so, political, uh, political management. And it also means that it could have been over. We could have been free if enough of us had wanted that. Yeah. And we're just like scared little kids cowering at home. Yeah, I guess it's the fear machine did that. That's interesting to know. Okay, so he's busted on that. Um, let's talk quickly about the Slim Down Australia Day. I think in the UK, at Australia House, wasn't the original plan to do some sort of slimming down because it was too, what, jingoistic or nationalistic? Right. So uh, the High Commissioner uh, yeah, to London, Stephen Smith, a former Labour cabinet minister, uh, he cancelled the charity gala uh, staged by the Australia Day Foundation, so he blocked it from being held near Australia Day, citing sensitivities around the date, but now he's saying, changed his stories after there was backlash, uh, citing the high costs, uh, but uh, there will be an Australia Day function at Australia House, which is the, the embassy. It's clear that, uh, well, many in the left bureaucracy haven't got the message from the Australian people from uh, the voice referendum that would have been, I think, you could probably say that all the people who voted no uh, to the Aboriginal voice in the constitution are supportive of Australia Day because we know that if the voice had passed, the voice would have tried to remove Australia Day. And so... I think that uh, back in the federal government, which is uh, feeling the heat from the polls, uh, certainly had a word to Stephen Smith and said, you've got to have something there. Uh, there was a, there's been a reprieve for Anthony Albanese in the polls. Uh, so News Poll and Redbridge now have uh, him ahead 52-48, two-party uh, preferred. I, I think he should count himself lucky that uh, no more released detainees have reoffended, and also that uh, there's been no more boats. Okay, well, um, obviously they don't read the room too well, um, and it seems like uh, we've got a similar thing here. Since the election result, there's a good chunk of the community, and that includes um, politics, academia, media, and um, and everyone who hangs off that. They can't quite believe what's happened. They're in a sort of tantrum frame of mind and they kind of can't believe that it's not carrying on how it used to be. And it sounds like with the uh, aftermath of the voice referendum, you've kind of got the same thing. Anthony Albanese, he released a Christmas message on his uh, uh, Twitter X account and it didn't mention, uh, the voice didn't feature in the highlights <laughs> of the years. Of the, the Matildas did and... Yep. Uh, so did uh, other policy achievements such as uh, cheaper childcare, uh, but uh, not uh, nothing to do with uh, Aboriginal affairs. The quiet bit out loud right there. Mm. Okay, and um, what happened at the cricket? Uh, so the summer of cricket has started. Australia easily won the, the first test at Optus Stadium in Perth. Uh, though uh, before the test began, the ICC... Uh, they have a, a strict policy against uh, players making political statements. So Usman Khawaja, a Australian batsman, he was born in Pakistan, uh, but has uh, played for Australia uh, his entire uh, cricket career. He's a Muslim, so uh, the the team uh, doesn't uh, celebrate uh, with uh, sh- uh, champagne anymore. Uh, he, oh, that's tough. That's rough. He wanted to wear on his shoes... 
uh, the slogan, all lives are equal, uh, which is the new line of the pro-Palestinian activists uh, who, well, they're, they're every week in, well, at least the Melbourne C- CBD, protesting against uh, Gaza uh, civilians' deaths. So it can't be all lives matter because that's apparently white supremacy. Right. Uh, all, so it's all, all lives are equal. And now he was uh, backed in by uh, his captain, of course, Pat, Pat Cummins, who, of course, is uh, Captain Woke, was uncomfortable wearing a, the, the sponsor, Alinta, because of his climate activism. So it's not surprising there that Pat Cummins uh, uh, backed uh, Usman Khawaja in. I most because Pat Cummins and it has been able to to win uh, the Cricket World Cup, just retain the Ashes. We all just a uh, grumble and you do no wrong. We we love winners, and yeah. that's the same with Usman Khawaja. He's been a fantastic uh, a servant of the uh, Australian cricket team, and so. As long as they win, if we can discount the other stuff. Though on the final day at Optus Stadium, which hardly anyone has attended, a uh, two people were escorted out uh, for holding a sign up uh, that said "All lives are equal, freedom is a human right." Which these slogans I don't disagree with. Yeah, I mean, why would you boot it out for that? Well, because it's deemed political uh, as well. Like, all lives are equal, all lives matter. I don't have a problem with, with either of them. Hmm. Uh, so that, uh, the, 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 that was certainly the, 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 the most controversy that there was at the game. Well, if it's because the, the game itself, I mean, Australia easily won. Yeah, okay. Well, like you say, like winners. And just... um. Uh, connected to that, did um, Australia vote for the ceasefire resolution at the UN? I know New Zealand did. Yes. Uh, so it was uh, they both the uh, well, I should I should say it wasn't just the Australian New Zealand government uh, governments uh, signed a statement together supporting the ceasefire, uh, but it was the Canadian uh, government as well. And uh, now. All these nations still voted for it, uh, despite uh, their amendment uh, being defeated uh, to condemn Hamas in that uh, UN resolution calling for a ceasefire. Obviously, the Labour government, they are feeling the heat from their left flank. As I said, uh, there's uh, free Palestine rallies every weekend in, well, definitely the Melbourne CBD uh, chanting from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. So they're really feeling it uh, from their their left uh, flank. But obviously, a Australia voting for the ceasefire this uh, cer- uh, certainly I, I, I was opposed uh, by the Liberal opposition. They are 100% behind Israel, and my. Uh, uh, my reading of them is that uh, they that whatever whatever Israel does, they seem to think that's 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 justified. We've got extremists on both sides: the pro-Palestinians and the neocon Zionists who say whatever Israel has to do uh, to uh, defeat Hamas, which well, you can't defeat an idea, is justified. So, even though we're facing a cost of living crisis here, we've still got. A lot of the political class obsessed with this 
say tragic conflict uh, halfway around the world, but yeah. we shouldn't. Uh, it's not like Australia is going to end the war or New Zealand. No, uh, there's nothing we can do about that, and and it does force a very tribal uh, kind of um, situation, which is sad because people are at each other. Then, all right, well, um, never a dull moment. Again, this is our last chat before 2023 is done and dusted. Have a great Christmas, New Year. I think I'm allowed to say that, aren't I? Well, I think uh, the, the, uh, Happy New Year, uh, January the 1st, might also be white supremacy because uh, uh, there's all different calendars all oh, around. Oh, the calendar. There's, there's yeah. the Lunar New Year in China and, and Vietnam. So we, we shouldn't just be closed-minded with just our own calendar. Uh, well, soon you won't be able to say anything, will you? <laughs> okay, uh, okay, just... Just be, just be. Yeah, that's a, that's a, about as generic as I can, <laughs> what I can think of. But Dano, thanks so much for um, for coming in every Tuesday. It's been been great, and we look forward to more of it in twenty twenty four. Tim, yes, and there could be a federal election. Uh, we, we shall see. Who knows what's going to happen next year? It's going to be a big year, I think, not just here but in the world. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Thank you for tuning in to RCR Reality Check Radio. If you like what you're listening to, just like what you're listening to. Either way, we want to hear from you. Get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057. That's 2057. Or email us at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We would love to hear from you. So connect with us today.